What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Robert Bolden. Robert is a certified John Maxwell coach with an extensive background in the corporate arena, as well as business owner and entrepreneur. Robert's natural gift of believing in others and adding value to them constantly serves him perfectly as a coach. Robert founded Life Transformed in March of 2019 with the purpose of being the leaders in getting people from isolation to community in any or all of the five major purpose areas in your life. They are creating a community of people who are for each other and committed to the abundance and love God created each of us for. You can engage Robert and his team through masterminds, book studies, workshops, and experiences. Robert, welcome to the Extraordinary Man podcast. So awesome to have you on here today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here with you, Ryan. Absolutely. I I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm excited to finally have you on, excited to have you share your story. It's a pretty amazing one, in my opinion. So I'd love to dig in and and have you just tell us a little bit more of your story. Sure. Well, you know, I can, uh, I'll start when I talk about my story. You know, I think I was, um, you know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago uh, in a very diverse neighborhood. It's called Hyde Park. And at the time, I know it was known as the most diverse neighborhood in the, in the country for sure, and potentially in the world, because we had the University of Chicago there. So you had people coming from all over the world. And it was really kind of a melting pot right in, right in Chicago. So I grew up in that kind of environment, you know, and... Um, not until I got into high school did did kind of race become kind of a little bit of a thing, you know, because it was primarily kind of a black neighborhood. And but I never saw any of that growing up. So I got into high school, and that's the first time I started to notice a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of that. But but me, I come from, you know, my dad was black, my mom white, so I'm mixed. So I just, you know, I always called myself the ultimate American mutt because I could just blend into any situation. But the other thing I would tell you is I was very fortunate that my parents, my grandparents spoke, spoke, you know, into me just this confidence and this knowing that I was going to succeed. I never knew how I would succeed, but I just kind of knew it, right? That was something that was spoken into me. So I carried that. And as you know, Ryan, I mean, most of the programming we get happens before the age of eight. So those are the those are the things that that propel you throughout your life. So, you know, I went through the the high school experience. One story I always tell as part of my story is that when I was in high school, Jesse Jackson, he was kind of the the pastor, the preacher guy, you know, most of you, I don't know your audience demographic, but uh, Jesse Jackson may be pretty well known by folks, but he would come into our high school and he'd say, down with dope, up with hope. The white man's got you down. And I just thought, man, there's something wrong with that. Me and a couple of my friends, we just thought that just isn't right. So that was my first, my first taste of quote unquote religion. And I just thought, man, religion is not good. It, it, it preys on the weak. 
Um, and then, you know, in, in the time when I was growing up, you had like Jim Jones, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and Jim and Tammy Baker and all of these scandals with these, you know, people, pastors, if you will, that represented to me religion. And we never went to church. I didn't know anything about that. So um, that's kind of my background that will play into my story later on. But, um, you know, so so from there, I went on to, to college and, of course, graduated and I moved out to Iowa, got married and, you know, just started down that road of the American dream, I call it you know, because that's what I believed, because that's the only thing that had been spoken into me. You know, you you work hard, you get a job, you know, you go to school, go to college, graduate, get a job, save money, retire, own your house, pay off the cars, and you live happily ever after. Everything's great. Well, I, you know, I progressed in my corporate journey, and I ended up in uh, 10 different places in 20 years. And I was really living that American dream in the process of getting there. And Ryan, the thing that blew my mind was the closer I got to that American dream, the more I started doubting, well, is this really real? Because at the end of my corporate uh, life, I was working 80 hours a week. I would literally uh, wake up at four in the mornings. I had to get my run in. I was just like a fanatic runner. I'd run six times a week. I think looking back, that was more therapeutic for me than anything else. But I get my run in and I, you know, get into the to to work by six in the morning and I'd work sometimes till six, seven at night, come home, have dinner with the family, go down to the man cave, have a drink, fall asleep on the couch, stumble upstairs and do it all again the next day. I mean, that was my life. But I was living the American dream. I had a million dollars in the bank, house paid off, cars paid off. Everything looked great on the outside, but I was dying on the inside, literally. And um, really, uh, after going, I call those my zombie years. Um, I ended up basically self-sabotaging my corporate job by kind of, we had consultants in, and I, I basically told on my boss and my boss's boss. And I just said, here's what's really going on. And they're like, well, you know, this is suicide, don't you? Corporate. And I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. Luckily, they gave me a severance and they walked me out. And um, so I got to go on this next journey of mine, which was I owned a wine shop, which was great. I always wanted to be, you know, after experiencing that corporate thing, I didn't want a boss anymore. I wanted residual income and I wanted to do something that was celebratory, that was fun. So wine was great for that. Without all the details, the wine lifestyle wasn't great for that. But I learned a lot. I traveled the world and, and met some amazing people, but ended up divorced. Um, and I screwed up a six-year relationship, um, sabotaged that. And, and basically, um, I'd come to a point where Again, everything looked fine from the outside. Um, and I, I always tell the story, and you, you've heard it, but uh, it culminated in me uh, mowing my lawn one afternoon in August. And I had uh, ear, earphones on, headphones on, and I was listening to country music, and it was Blake Shelton, the song Austin. 
I'll never forget it. So I, I'm just sitting there mowing the lawn, going back and forth. And all of a sudden, I just find myself on the ground in a fetal position, bawling like a baby, just finally just saying, I cannot do this anymore. You know, it was like, Ryan, the weight of the world had come crashing down on me. And I'd always been a confident, independent, I can do it all, I can handle all burdens. But I think that was in, in looking back, that was God just finally saying, all right, dude, I'm going to put you on the ground because this is, you've got to have an opportunity here to, to finally find out, you know, how I'm working and, and, and what I want for you in your life. So, you know, from that moment of totally broken, literally the next day, I think it was a friend, as I was kind of sharing my story, said, just held up their hands like this and said, well, you know, Bob, there's religion and there's God. And that one sentence changed my life. I just felt like all this weight lifted off of me in that, in that instant. And I knew, I knew that was the answer. I knew that that is what I had been. That's what I needed in life to, uh, to lift all those burdens. And it was so dramatic for me that, you know, I just tell this story and I've turned it into my life's work now for the rest of my life, this whole transforming experience that I had. That's amazing, Robert. And I have a lot of follow-up questions written down from that story. First of all, I would love to hear from you, what do you think the difference between God and religion is? Because you mentioned that and how that was such a pivotal moment for you. So what would you say if someone asked you that? What is the difference? Oh my gosh. So the way I would, I would definitely, and I do clarify that all the time, is, is you know, Jesus is, is love right? Jesus is love. Religion is man-made, right? Religion is up to man. Man uh, can manipulate it. Hence, all my experiences, Jesse Jackson, and there are other stories that I didn't even share about how religion, and it's no fault of theirs. We're, we're sinful people, right? We are, we are people that are imperfect, and the only answer is God. The only answer is Jesus, because that's why God sent his son here is for us to follow him. So when I explain the differences, and, and I'll tell you, uh, my pastor, current pastor at the church I go to, uh, when I got to North Carolina, you know, we go out to lunch. We've been out to lunch a couple of times. And the last time we met, he said, you know, what is one thing that I can do as your pastor that really will have an impact? And I said, just keep it about Jesus. Do not make it churchy. And he goes, well, what do you mean, churchy? I mean, well, you know, butts in the seats, you know, membership, all of this stuff. It's got to always be about Jesus because that's where, you know, that's, that's what God sent his son here for, is for us to surrender our lives to Jesus. So once I understood the simplicity of it, um, yeah, that's how I would characterize the difference between like God and religion. Does that make sense? Yep. Totally makes sense. Those are some really great distinctions. And I agree a hundred percent. I think church a lot of times gets made about a lot of other things that don't really matter, but front and center should always be about Jesus. All right. So another question I want to ask you, uh, 
how long ago was your lawnmower moment, first of all? And second of all, what was the process like from just going from that aha moment of God versus religion? What was the process like after that? Did you immediately start going to church? Like, oh, yeah, sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that happened, uh, let's see, it'll be eight years ago this August. That's so coming up on eight years. And not shortly thereafter, I was very curious about church. Uh, so uh, one of my friends, uh, Peggy, uh, had told me about her church. And then another friend told me about another church. So I was going to just do some church shopping, basically. So the first one I went to was this little little place um, in a storefront in Omaha and uh, not a very big church. But, you know, I had the classic experience where I was there in the front row and it felt like the pastor was speaking directly to me. Right. We always hear that. But this is literally what happened to me. And I remember they had a, you know, where they call you up if you want to give your life to Christ. So I went up there and I remember I was standing next to this lady and she was quite a bit older than me at the time. And uh, you know how you can see this lady had a rough life. You could just see this by, and she looked at me and I looked at her and she's crying and I'm crying. And she said, I was so messed up. I'm like, me too. And we both started laughing. So literally, you know, that was that experience. And then the next week I went to my church, ended up being my church in Omaha, which was relevant where my friend Peggy was. And as soon as I walked in there, you know, she ran up to me and she introduced me to all these people and they're hugging me and stuff. And I'm going, wow. And the pastor, the first words out of his mouth that Sunday were, you know, we're just jacked up people trying to reach jacked up people. And I knew I was home right there. So that started me on my journey. And um, I became really involved in that church. I led the hospitality team. But, you know, what I want to share with people is if, if you're on the right path, God is going to let you know in a way that only God can do it, that you are on the right path. And one story I want to share is as I, I own the wine shop, I told I said earlier, and we had a church group that was in doing a tasting because we would often do tastings for groups and then they could raise money that way and that sort of thing. So this was only a couple of months after I'd gone through this whole thing. And um, this young gal comes up to me. She couldn't be, I don't know, maybe her low 20s. And she walks up to me like looking scared to death. And she just says, are you, are you following Jesus? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And I kind of smiled. She goes, he wants you to know you're on the right path. And then she looks at me. She goes, I've never done anything like this before. I just felt like I had to come up and tell you that. And then we both looked at each other. She goes, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go get my pastor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she got a bunch of people and they all came around and prayed over me. And it's like, I've got several little stories like that, that, you know, so I always encourage people when you step into your faith a hundred percent, that's all God's looking for. And he's going to show you you're on the right path. He's going to give you those signs, but you can't, you can't surrender halfway. You can't say, well, I'm going to give you everything, God, but my kids, I think I'm still going to keep my kids. No, he's not looking for that. You've got to be all in. It's got to be 100% because that's what he wants. He just wants our hearts, right? So, um, yeah, so that took me on the, 
the whole journey at, at Relevant and so many stories, so many lives changed. God working through me to share my story and impact others and, uh, you know, transitioned out here to North Carolina be a year, April 1st, and, and started going to Elevation Church out here. And again, got really involved volunteering and, and, and doing all that stuff. So, yeah, it's just been, I've led a life of joy and peace ever since, Ryan. So the after story is definitely, um, I tell people you just cannot, and it's, and it's available for everybody. That's the beauty of it too. I don't care who you are right now, it is available for you. And it, you're going to reap the benefits of it just to the extent that you can surrender your life, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love you sharing that too, because you talked about having the money and the house paid off and the cars, but you weren't happy and you, you call it your zombie years, right? Yeah, absolutely, brother. <laughs> now you, you have that peace and, and joy and, and fulfillment. So it's so cool to see. And I know people that are listening to this can't see it, but I can just see it on your face and in your eyes, just looking at you. So, and, you know, just to mention also the the young girl you said that came up to you and, and shared that with you. Uh, our pastor talks all the time about just following the prompt, right? Because sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm supposed to go say something to this person or I'm supposed to share this with this person. So it's amazing that she, you said she was scared, obviously, but that she came and was willing to do that because you don't know how you might bless somebody by doing that. So yeah, such a, such a cool story. Absolutely. All right. I would love to have you share with people a little bit more about what you're doing now. You said you've kind of taken your story and uh, made it your life's work. So what is it that you're up to now? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for asking. I really appreciate that, Ryan. So, um, you know, you all heard my story and it's a transformation story. My life was transformed, you know, almost eight years ago, totally transformed. So, uh, the vision that God gave me, the Holy Spirit, I always had these Holy Spirit moments that come to me in the middle of the night. Uh, so created a, a company called Life Transformed probably about two and a half years ago now. And, and the purpose of Life Transformed is really to give, make it easier for people to have that transforming experience that I had. And um, our, big, our big goal, big dream is to have transformation centers. We call them love places and spaces all around the world. And the characteristics, the characteristic of the people, the community that we're building is we're a community of people who are for each other, don't judge each other, and we're in harmony with one another. Okay, so just imagine being part of a community like that. Because again, these are all the things that fueled me. And these transformation centers are just these places where as soon as you walk in, you know from the vibe that you're getting from the people, from the, the smells and the sounds that you hear. There may be coaching going on in this corner and a yoga class going on over there and, you know, people having coffee here and those sorts of things. But it's a place where you can let all of the, the crap that this world throws at you and just leave it at the door and come in and... and in that environment, God can do his transforming work in you. When we can just sit still and get rid of the distractions, that's, that's how God can do, can do his work. So, um, you know, we've obviously, I started off in coaching. I was a Maxwell certified coach and started off coaching. We transitioned to this, this new model where we're building a community, which we're just launching here coming up April 22nd. We're launching our, 
online community. Um, so the idea is, you know, we attract other entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, because, you know, the main problem we're solving with Life Transformed is that the, the problem everybody has, they don't realize they have, is that we are in isolation, right? Even though we're more connected than we were at any point in time in history, I know from my perspective as a guy, before I went through this transformation, if circumstance hit me in my life, um, I'd be like, oh, I have, to, I have to deal with it. I'd go in my hunker down and I'd try to figure out what to do, right? Well, that's what Satan wants. He wants us to stay in our own heads. He wants us to be in isolation. God designed us for community. So that's kind of our tagline is isolation to community. And once you get in a community of people who are for you, don't judge you in harmony with you, freedom waits beyond that. And this whole life that I'm able to live, the joy and peace happens. So yeah, dude, we, we do experiences. We do masterminds. We do coaching, all kinds of fun stuff like that. That's so awesome. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask you about the isolation versus community. And I know, like you said, for men, especially for everybody, isolation is, is not a good thing, but I think it's much easier for women to to have community. And uh, I've, I've definitely experienced the same thing. You know, my first couple of years as an entrepreneur, I was very isolated. None of my friends and family were entrepreneurs. And you know, I had a problem. It's okay. It's up to me. I got to yeah. figure it out. I got to make it happen. Right. Uh, so I, I definitely relate to that. But I was going to ask you, once you started going to church and you know gave your life to Jesus, would you say that was one of the first times where you had a real community where you felt like you were part of something? Is that one of the big things that helped transform things for you, you think? Boy, that's really interesting. You know, as soon as you said that, asked that question, Ryan, I, the first thing that popped into my head like when I was growing up, I played sports all the time, team sports, baseball, football, you know, that kind of thing. And that's the first thing that popped into my head. It was the first real, uh, the, the other time in my life that I felt this sense of community was playing on a team, on a sports team, right? So that's so interesting. And then, you know, life transformed our company. That's why we are now building a community of people. Because I think that's where I feel like God wants all of us to be as part of a bigger community. So in essence, I think that church experience, that uh, first time I entered uh, Relevant and everybody's hugging and I'm involved, yeah, that was a long drop between sports in school and um, adulthood through those adult years. I never experience that kind of community. Yeah, I think I, I would say the same thing, really. I mean, of course, you're part of different things, maybe, but where you actually really feel like you're part of it, or you're, you're not just faking it to try to fit in or something. Mm -hmm. For me, too, I would, I would go back to team sports. And then once I really got involved in church, and I think for a lot of men, they are searching for that. They don't have that. And you know, if they look back, they would say, oh yeah, sports, that's probably the last time I had it, but now I don't have it. And they're searching for it and they're hungry for it. So I love that you're creating communities for people and for men and, and for everybody, especially men, I think, to have that because we definitely need it. It's, it's very much needed. All right. Something else that you say is that once you've tasted significance, success won't matter. What does that mean to you? Oh yeah. So that was my man, John Maxwell. What a mentor. He has been, and because um, that is my story, if you think about it, 
And I remember the day, you know, I got to see him live several times, talk to him a couple of times. And when he said that once you've tasted significance, success won't matter. I, it just like fit because that was me. I had success my whole life. I was always quote unquote successful the way this world defines success, but it was hollow. It wasn't, you know, it's like, having a pizza or a scoop of ice cream, they're like, woo, yeah, you know, boom, this is now what, you know, what, there's no substance, there's no depth to it. So once I understood the power of, you know, serving the kingdom and being a disciple and, and, and sharing my story and impacting lives that way, I'm like, holy cow, now that is significant. You know, the other thing he talks about is be a river, you know, cause we, especially, you know, Christian entrepreneurs, you know, we have this, this thought, and you heard Les Brown talk about this too, brother, at the abundance thing, right? We have this mindset of, oh, we've got to give, 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 and, you know, all of that stuff. So Les Brown saying, no, it starts with you. You got to fill yourself up and give from the overflow. And John Maxwell saying, you have to be the river and, and let the money in this case flow through you. If you're the reservoir, it's going to be stinky and nasty and it's not going to, it's not going to bless anything. So yes, make a lot of money, but let that money flow through you. So yeah, absolutely. I think uh, those things, uh, that whole significance and success, it's really this world and not putting money above God. And that's why money is mentioned so many times in the Bible. It's like, it's what Satan's, that's his trick, right? That is his trick. He wants us to, you know, oh, woe is me. Oh, I got to pay the bills. Even though I'm not happy doing this job, I got to pay the bills. And Bob, be real and all of this stuff. And I just challenge people all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah. And we have some good discussions that way. Yeah, so true. So true. And uh, another great analogy I like to about be the river where you got to kind of fill yourself up too. I was just on a flight yesterday and they always tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Before you try to help somebody else. Because if you pass out, you're not going to be able to help anybody. So yeah, very important that you that you take care of yourself first. Uh, something else that you say that uh, I really like is that I am the cause of my effect. What do you mean by that? Oh yeah. So that I can hear my coach speaking into me big time there. <laughs> Okay, so this is a, it's a kind of a sobering thing. And it's kind of, it's very convicting. But if, 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 if I, if you, Ryan, if anybody that's listening, if you really embrace, wow, I am the cause of my effect. So I look at my life and, you know, at Life Transform, we talk about five major purpose areas, spiritual, physical body, mindset, love relationships, and gifts, finance, and time. If I look at any of those areas and I look at how am I affecting that? What results am I getting? I have to own that, that I am the cause of all those effects. And it just stops me when I first heard it. It stopped me in my tracks because, you know, it's, it's easy. I'll just say it's been easy for me in the past to, to blame you know, my effects on that person or that circumstance or this situation or, and don't get me wrong. There are some things that are truly horrible that happened that you had no 
impact on if you think about it on a top level. But if you think about it more deeply, the decisions you made that led you to wherever it was that that circumstance happened. And I mean, that's really what it gets down to. So this, you are the cause of your effects, really gets back to never be a victim in your life. And especially once you experience God, because there isn't anything that God can't do. I mean, he trumps anything. I don't care what it is. There's nothing that he can't do. And as long as I, you, we maintain that hope, you know, then, wow, isn't that the way to live? To just, to know that I am the cause of my effects. And the good thing about that, if I own that right now, if I look at my current situation and I'm like, maybe it's relationally, I'm like, oh man, my my relationships with my in-laws or with this or that are really messed up. If I can own it, then I'm the cause of those effects. I'm a cause of it. Then the beauty is a year from now, I am the cause of my effects. So I will be able to make that change. And I have control over that. It isn't up to anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely kind of sobering, but it's really liberating in a way too, because it gives you the power, right? It's not like, oh, I'm a victim. There's nothing I can do, right? There's always something you can do. So I, I love that statement. All right. Next question for you. I'm really curious to hear your answer on this. So if you could go back to 1978 and speak to your 20-year-old self, what three- Oh, I love this question. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you could just go on forever on that. My 20 year old self, let's see, I'm in college, I'm playing baseball. Yeah. I would just say the, the first piece of advice I would give my 20 year old self is follow your passion, follow your passion. Cause that, right. That was pivotal time for me where I decided, you know, well, the next step is to get a corporate job and make money. That wasn't where my passion was. So that's probably where I went off. And again, God will work all things together for good for those who love him and follow his plan. Yes, yes, yes. But I know if I told that would be the piece, the one piece of advice I would give myself is follow your passion. Don't pay attention to what the world is, is telling you. Follow your passion. Follow your heart. That would be the one piece of advice. Great advice because it's kind of like what you said earlier too. That's the path that you took is the path that you felt like you quote unquote should take, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason I went to college too. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was like, oh, I got good grades. Everybody goes to college, right? That's what I should do, quote unquote. But yeah, great, great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that. Last question for you. What is your definition of an extraordinary man, Robert? Oh, my gosh, an extraordinary man. I've been studying that a lot lately. I mean, I've done, have you heard of men's fraternity, Ryan? Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. So I'm excited to hear your answer. Yeah, yeah. So men's fraternity, the Shape Series out of Flatiron Church, and we've done retreats. I'm reading this amazing book about uh, healing a man's heart that is just tremendous. So an extraordinary man to me, is a man who is like relentlessly following Jesus, the true person of Jesus that, that knows, you know, the, the, here's the extraordinary thing. 
Like if, if any of us would ask God, well, what is an extraordinary man? I envision God going, oh, let's see. I sent my son down there to die on a cross for you. And while he was on the earth, he, I sent him to look like you and dress like you. And he taught exactly what it is to be an extraordinary man. And then he gave up his life for you. Plus, I put it all in a book called the Bible that's been around for thousands of years. Plus, I gave you the Holy Spirit. What else do you want me to do? Why are you asking me this question? So, you know, that would be my answer. An extraordinary man is somebody that's passionately following the teachings of Jesus that relies on the Holy Spirit. And whether you're a follower of Christ or not, you know, call it your intuition or whatever, you know, you know what's right or wrong. And that loves God and just has that belief and faith in our loving, amazing God. So, you know, that's an extraordinary man that that isn't talking about that, but is actually showing that with, with his actions. And when people encounter him, they, they can feel it. They just know there's something different going on with this guy. They may not be able to put their finger on it. So it doesn't mean you have to go evangelize and do all that stuff. It's just be what Jesus taught, right? Just be what he taught. Awesome answer. I love it. Yeah, I love that you added in taking action too, because it's one thing to intellectually know. It's a whole nother thing to live it out and to take action. All right. Well, this has been awesome, Robert. Where can people go to find out more about you and connect with you? Well, there's a couple of different places you could go. So website is www.life-transform.com. And that's where you can get on our email list. And then we, like I said, we are launching a, a whole membership site and it's on, it's with Podia. And let me get that here. That one is www.life lifetransform.podia.com. And we're, we're actually having the first hundred members are going to be founding members. We got fun stuff for them. And, and then the other thing I'd say is just, just, um, you know, reach out to me. You can find me Robert Bolden do a podcast, which I'm going to have you on Ryan, as a matter of fact, Robert Bolden, life transformed. You can find me podcast, social media, all those places. Awesome. Yeah, I will make sure there are links to all of that down below to make it easier for people. And I'm definitely excited to be on your podcast here in the near future as well. But uh, Robert, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. Bless you, brother. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man podcast. Here's the thing. You're never going to maximize your potential on your own. So I'm personally inviting you to come and join me in the private Extraordinary Man Facebook group so you can level up your business and your life. Just head over to Facebook and type Extraordinary Man into the search box and it will show up as the first result. Iron sharpens iron and this is the number one place for you to connect with me and other like-minded men who are on a mission to maximize their potential. My goal is to help you become the man God created you to be in all areas of your life. So come and join us in the Facebook group and upgrade your business and your life. I'll see you on the next episode.